Welcome to the podcast of Revival Life Church, a spirit-filled multicultural church in Boca Raton, Florida. If you would like more information about Revival Life Church or Pastor Carl Thomas, you can find us on the web at revivallife.church. So, so good. <clears throat> Today's going to be a little different. I'll explain that a little more a little later. Uh, um, there's a rule in preaching. Uh, it's much like the uh, butcher industry. People love sausage. Nobody wants to see how the sausage is made, right? And uh, I, I tell all, um, when I disciple preachers, new preachers, uh, you can always tell a new preacher because they get up and they tell you how they got the word. They're like, well, I knew I was going to preach today and I was praying and, uh, and the Lord was like, no, no, you don't have to tell us that. We're assuming, you're, like, we're expecting you to pray before you bring the word. Like, that's kind of an expectation of preaching that you're actually going to, like, you know, I was reading the Bible. No, 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 no. We're expecting you to read the Bible. You don't have to tell us that part. We, uh, but anyways, I, um, I, I, had, I had, yeah, skip ahead. I had um, written uh, my message for this week, and I never got a piece on it. It was so strange. And uh, I had a message on spiritual warfare today. We were going to come against the, 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 the Satan and his demons. That's what we were going to do today. And, um, but I never got a real peace on it. And I went to bed last night. I had the message all done and all that stuff. And the Lord spoke to me, Isaiah chapter 40, verse 29. And uh, I laughed a little bit because I know what that scripture is. Uh, 29 through 31. And uh, here it is, Isaiah chapter 40, verse 29. It says, he gives strength to the weary and to one who lacks might, he increases power. Though youths grow weary and tired and vigorous young men stumble badly, yet those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. They will mount up on wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for the preaching of your word. We thank you for the anointing in the worship. We thank you for your presence today. And we pray, ha, we pray that you will pour out your blessings in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Everybody say, amen, amen. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Mike. So you're like, pastor, what was that whole intro? You see, I, uh, all week long, I had a God, I had on my preaching calendar today that we're preaching on deliverance. And I wrote this message. But you have never given me an amen. I didn't get a peace in my heart at all. And all week long, I have been before the Lord saying, God, is today the day you're going to talk to me about Sunday morning service? You see, we don't preach out of the encyclopedia here. We don't just uh, come up with some plan and, uh, you know, God himself has to shake the nations in order for us to change it. We, 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 uh, we wait and we hear God and we write a message, a now message for right now, for today. And all week long, I have been waiting for God to speak. And here, Saturday night, you, you want to go look at the there and you see Mikey? I love Mikey. And so Saturday night, I get in bed, and then the Lord speaks to me, those who wait upon the Lord <laughs> shall renew their strength. I'm like, God, you had, you had all week to talk to me. But on Saturday night, you tell me, those who wait upon the Lord shall renew. I've been waiting all week, God. Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever been feeling like, I, I, I have been waiting when God says, hey, it's coming. You're like, I've been waiting this whole time. What, what, what are we waiting on today? What, what's the delay? You ever ask God, what is the delay? What, what has been happening? I, I, I have, and I have known God's people who have been waiting for God to move. And I have spoken many times about people that I have known 
who moved right before God told them to move and missed on the blessing God had for them. And, 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 and as I was wrestling all throughout the week, can I just be honest, Duke? I don't know how your week has been. I had some spiritual warfare this week. I had some really weird spiritual warfare. Bizarre spiritual warfare. Like really super odd spiritual warfare. And I thought, well, that's fine. That's fine. I'm, gonna, I'm talking about deliverance this Sunday. I'll just deal with that on Sunday. We will go ahead and deal with you on Sunday. You can do whichever you want during the week, but come Sunday, I'm going to let you know who's got the blood of Jesus on their side, right? Like I'm, I'm like, we gonna, you're going to find something out here this Sunday. Uh, and so I was, uh, wrote my message on, on, on deliverance. And uh, when I got into bed last night, the Lord said, nope, Nope, that's not what we're talking about. I'm like, well, this would have been helpful on Wednesday, Lord. Thursday, you had all day. I work on my message. Friday's a good day. Spent my entire Saturday. And he said, that's great. That's wonderful. That's not what I want you to talk about. And so as we uh, are finishing out our message series here, I'm listening, uh, 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 hearing God for breakthrough and blessing. I am now going to demonstrate. I am living out what it means to wait on God and listen to him for blessing and breakthrough. You see, if you could just help me with my ring here a little bit. If you you know, I am am convinced that God knows how to bless us. Amen? Amen. God knows what he's doing in your life. Do you believe that? But as we have talked over and over and over again in this series, we have to actually be listening for the voice of God so that we can be prepared for what's coming. So many people in today's society, they have no idea what's coming down the road. Anytime something pops up, they're tossed. They, they're surprised. They're shocked. They're in awe. They're amazed. They're dismayed. They're, they're disgruntled. They're, they're disillusioned because they don't know what's happening because they don't have a vibrant spiritual connection of the God of the universe. They're not connected with the one who is outside of our universe. Therefore, they have to live within their circumstances. See, I want to be connected with someone outside of my circumstances so that he can be an anchor for me in time of need. Anybody know what I'm talking about right now? Amen. No, no, that's good. Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to keep preaching at you like this until you feel blessed today. That's what's going to happen. And if you just get tired of me yelling, just start clapping more. That's the answer right there. I'm, I'm going to preach you happy today, whether you want it or not. I'm coming against people who are just like, ah, supposed to be miserable. You see, here, here's, what, here's, what, here's, what I have, here's what I have come to grips with. There are facts, there is faith, and there are feelings. Facts faith, and feelings. Facts are found in the word of God. Facts are found at the feet of our Savior. Facts are found in the throne room of heaven where you encounter God through your prayer and intercession and worship and adoration. Now faith, faith is what it takes to believe the facts. Because God's going to tell you some things that don't line up with what you see with your eyes. Because God lives in an alternate reality that we're living in. He lives from his perspective. He's living with the entire picture in mind. He's standing way outside of time declaring what's going to happen to get you right to him. But you don't see where he's drawing you to. And so we don't live within what real facts are. We live within, watch this, feelings. Feelings are supposed to fall in line with your faith that believes the facts. Facts, faith, and feelings. Now, if you live in this opposite order, you become like a ship without an anchor. 
if your feelings determine what your faith is and you're therefore based on your feelings determine what the facts are you are like a ship without a rudder you are being tossed to and fro like every wave of the sea you are anchored to nothing except what you feel in this season and as soon as your hormones take another turn or the chemicals in your brain take another uh, recalibration or the weather changes all of a sudden facts change And your faith turns out to be nothing. I am, uh, here's the truth. If we want better answers to life, we got to start asking better questions. Amen. We got to ask some better questions than what we've been asking. Questions like, well, what does God say about my circumstances? I'm going to let you know right now, today is going to be more of a preach and an exhortation than a teaching. What's going to happen today is the Lord, (laughs) I get in bed at 10 o'clock last night, 9.30, 9.30, right? And I get in bed and uh, I pull out my laptop, the Lord starts talking to me and I just wrote a list of scriptures and uh, I normally have nice little, if you're a guest here today, normally, you know, we got videos and dancers and LED screens that have everything on it. But today's going to be a little different. Um, um, (laughs) But but you smoke. Smoke, got to have some smoke. Not not the real glory cloud, the man-made kind, because we usually get man-made glory in churches today. Um, But what we're, what, 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 but uh, I normally, you know, I have my points. I got it all figured out on, but that's not happening today. Today, I'm just going to preach you happy. That's what's going to happen. So here's what God had spoken to me last night. <clears throat> he said, devil's been moving, huh? I was like, yeah, 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 he's been moving. He's been uh, tossing things around. And he's like, so what are you going to do? you going to fight the devil? I was like, that's what we're going to do. We're going to fight the devil. And he's like, really? I'm like, yeah, that's, that's the plan. He goes, you want to know what my plan is? I was like, that's, that's, that'd, be, that'd probably be a good thing to do. That, yeah. He's like, why don't you ignore him? I was like, ignore him? but I'm going to cast the devil out of some people. He's like, no, 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 why don't you ignore him? I'm like, if I'm ignore him, he goes, yeah, why don't you just tell people how blessed they are and stop looking at what the devil's doing. You see, because the devil is coming with an alternate set of facts that people will then put their faith in and now your feelings are being dictated by what's happening by the enemy. And what I want you to do is meditate on what I say is reality so your faith can line up with that so your feelings can be anchored, watch this, in who God is, not what I think God is doing. Yeah. I said, all right, God, can you give me some nice points and LED screens and smoke so I can make it look good? He's like, no, that's not what we're doing today. I said, all right, Jesus, you're God, so we'll just go, I'll let you go ahead and Jesus, take the wheel, right? Do what you want to do. Now, here, here's, the, here's the fact, and I, I want to um, make this very, very clear, and I'm going to say it unapologetically. If you are a child of God, you are blessed. Hallelujah. And I'm going to say something that will offend religious people. You deserve to be blessed. Amen. You deserve to be blessed. And I'm not going to feel bad about being blessed. Why do you think we talked so much last year about suffering? 
We talked, like, we talked about suffering so much, people thought it was my life message. I was like, this is not a life message. This is not something I want to talk about, not something I want to experience, not something I want to live, but it's in the word of God, and God has us talking about it for a reason. Now, God did not tell me the reason that we were talking about it, but we talked about it a lot. Duke and I used to call each other on the phone and say, I'm tired of the season of suffering, but I see this is where God has us, and it got old, but we didn't move on from it because that was the season we were in. How many of you know there is a season of preparation before we come into the season of prosperity? And if we do not stay faithful in our season of preparation, we may never move into the season of prosperity. We think we can just skip it and do the steps that we want and God will still give us what we want him to give us, but that's not how it works. We got to actually let the Lord prepare us to be blessed. And I can stand here today and say, hey, I deserve to be blessed. I'm a child of the living God. I deserve to be blessed. Why, 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 why wouldn't you think this? Now, some of you have endured so much suffering over the last few years. The stories of what you have gone through is heartbreaking. I, I just If I were to line up just the testimonies of, of faithful suffering since the beginning of the coronavirus season. We got people in this house that have dealt with just unusual sickness, seasons of enduring infirmity. People have had relationship issues that have tried their very salvation, yet chose to stay faithful to God while they navigated just abusive relationships. People in financial struggle, financial onslaught, just, just the devil come to consume their finances. People have had housing insufficiency. People have had uh, children who are challenging, we'll say, who have struggled, made you struggle to keep that familial bond as Jesus would like it, yet have consistently prayed, Lord, help me through this situation. And I want you to know God sees that. He sees your faithfulness to him in those seasons of struggling. He sees your love of God and people in your season of struggling. And Jesus said that we will in encounter many hardships in the world. He said, if it were not so, I would not tell you. But how many of you know that's not all he said? Jesus had this little sermon he had. He was kind of a traveling itinerant preacher, and so he would give it here and there. We see it twice in the Gospels. We call it the Beatitudes. And uh, on this mountain, Jesus had a little funny saying in Matthew chapter 5, verse 10. He said, blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. I want you to see there is a cause and effect there. Now, we don't want to look at it this way. But I want you to look at it this way today. If you have suffered because of your faith in Jesus in this season, if you chose honor instead of unrighteousness, if you have chose righteousness instead of lawlessness, if you have loved God and hated sin, if you have had uh, a relational strains, if you've had uh, financial strains because you chose the better path, the Bible says, no, no, Jesus himself is recorded more than once saying, you are blessed. You are blessed. 
You, 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 you qualified for the blessing based on the words of Jesus. If you're like, oh, pastor, are you going to preach that prosperity thing? Well, I'm not going to preach that poverty thing. I'll tell you that much. If Jesus said you're going to be blessed, it takes the word of Satan to say that you won't. Yeah. And am I going to get up here and agree with the devil? No, I will not. Oh, you're going to be like Joel Osteen? Psh, that is not a problem. That is, that is not really... That's like, gentlemen, you, you know this. Like, you go to the gym a little bit, and they're like, you're not going to be like one of those big bodybuilder people, are you? You're like, that's not actually possible. I, don't, I could work out all day, all week, all year, and eat all the foods, and I would never. Like, like you could just stumble your way into be hugely successful in bodybuilding, and if you just do an extra set, you've heard this, Duke. If you just do that one extra set, you're going to put on an extra 80 pounds and not be able to fit in clothes, right? But why do they do that? Because people get jealous if you start getting in shape. You ever notice, lose some weight, watch what people say to you. Oh, you should start eating. No, you, what, 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 you want me to stay fat? Well, I don't understand. What, watch the insecurity that you provoke in other people when you start walking in blessing. When you start claiming you're going to make your life a little better, watch how, watch how the snakes come out of the woods to try to pull you back in with them because they feel threatened by your righteousness. You start walking in some blessings, they're like, oh, you're not going to be like one of those people who just believe God wants to bless them. Well, I don't believe God wants to curse me. I don't believe he sent Jesus Christ to the cross so that I can live a terrible life. I believe that he came that I could have life and have it more abundant. Amen. Amen. Who's ready for a little abundant life? I'm ready for a little abundant life right now. And so I got to start asking better questions. Why am I not walking in the abundance of God? Why am I not living in the peace of God? Why am I not achieving the things that the Bible said I would achieve with my suffering and my faith? Why has my suffering not produced the blessing of the Lord? And I would say for some of us in this room, it's because we have not set it in our mind that God actually wants to bless us. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of convinced. I'm, I'm kind of convinced that some of us believe that it is righteous and holy for us to barely get by. You see, all I can do is teach you the word of God. That's all I can do. I read the Bible. I tell you what it says. I give you the steps to walk in God's blessing and prosperity in his love and his abundance. But you have to decide that I am going to put that to work in my life. I'm going to add my faith to what it says there in the Word of God. I am going to actually confess what I believe, and I'm going to talk back to the devil, and I'm not going to allow these thoughts to dictate my life any longer. Some of us are so terrified of confrontation, we'll let the devil say whatever he wants in our head. We're so terrified that people might not like us. We don't, we don't go ahead and just rebuke words spoken over us that don't line up with the Word of God. you got to be bold enough to say, no, 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 don't say that about me. Then maybe that's your reality. That's not my reality. See, I'm called to be blessed. I'm called to be healed. I'm called to be above and not beneath. I'm called to be the head and not the tail. This is what God has called me. Now, if I have to go through suffering to get there, I will do it because I trust God, but I'm not looking for suffering and I'm not looking for poverty. I'm not looking to be beat down and rejected and dejected and have bad relationships just because you want me to be in a bad relationship. I believe God wants something better for my life and I'm willing to do what it takes to get there. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Amen, amen. Amen. I'm willing to grind to get what God has for me. I'm willing to, to, to face the things in my life that don't line up with what Jesus says so that I can walk in what Jesus said I can walk in. Amen. Amen. 
You got to be able to put in the work. You got you to listen to the word that's proclaimed and prophesied in this house. You're going to have to take it with faith. You're going to have to line up with it so that you can see the blessings flow into your life. I have, I have seen in this season just miraculous breakthrough in some people's lives. As we started this message series, I have had so many people just call me and say, Pastor, you're not going to believe the blessing I just came into. You're not going to believe what God is lining up right now. It looked like things were falling apart, but I see now that God was setting it all up for my good. And I said, amen, because you have kept your ear to the word of God. You've kept your spirit open to what God is saying. And so when the trials came, you knew that God was doing something through the trials. And therefore, since your eyes were fixated on what God was doing and not the devil was doing, you were positioned to come into the blessing God has for you. This is what we're doing in this season. Amen. 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 This is what we're doing. This is what we're doing in this house. We're moving into the kingdom blessings God has for us. Mark chapter 10. I just got a bunch of Bible I'm going to read you today. Then we're going to receive the table of the Lord. Let's take a look at this in Mark chapter 10. We're going to start in verse 28. Here's Peter. He says, Peter says, behold, we've left everything and followed you. And Jesus said, truly, I say to you. Now, this is, now if, if, you're, if you're a guest today, let me give you a little hint. Uh, in our Bible, the words in red are said by Jesus. And he's a very important person in this book we call the Bible, right? Like this whole thing points to him. And so there are stories in the Bible. There's some issues that families worked out. But when Jesus says something, that's the truth. Are you with me? You remember we talked about facts, faith, and feelings? Our facts are based on what Jesus says. Jesus said, truly I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or farms for my sake and the gospel's sake but that he will receive a hundred times as much now in the present age. Oh, that didn't get enough people excited, Duke. We're going to have to read that again. I'm going to read it again. You're like, oh, no, no, he's talking about heaven. He's talking about us. We're going to be, you you don't need a blessing in heaven. You don't need a blessing in heaven. There ain't no sickness in heaven. There's no poverty in heaven. There's no relational fallouts in heaven. God's going to bring you, what, another chunk of heaven in heaven? Here's some more heaven. Like, I got it. Let's read it again. See, 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 Jesus had just rebuked some religious people and told them how hard it is to get into the kingdom. See, religious people think they think they they got this thing all figured out. They got no mysteries at all. You can't teach them nothing because they think they know everything, right? They don't know how to ask good questions. You ever talk to someone who's religious and, you know, religious people come in all shapes and sizes these days. They come in all flavors. The most religious people I know are people who don't believe in God because they think they know everything. Religious people think they know everything and they got their own religion. It's just them. They are the God of their religion and their faith is in the facts that they know. Anybody know what I'm talking about right now? There are facts, faith, and feelings, and their facts are all based in what they can understand. And in order to come to Christ, you better figure out you're not going to get all this thing figured out. You are under someone who has not shared everything with you. So we have to have faith to believe the facts that God is. 
because it doesn't actually make sense because it's outside of our realm. And so the people who were like, ah, I know everything. No, this, that, 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 that. Prove to me this, that, and that. Well, that ain't faith. You, you have a God. I'm sorry. Your God is you. And I'm sorry that I'm disturbing. I'm messing with your God a little bit. You never see anybody manifest like someone who is their own God. No, I'm, I'm preaching right now, Duke. I'm not, you know, they ain't saying nothing, but I'm preaching right now. I feel like I'm saying a little something right now. I feel like I'm saying something right now. I, I'm, not, I'm not ashamed to tell somebody. I don't worship the same God you do. Well, I don't worship any God. No, you worship you. And you're mad because I don't worship you. I don't worship me. I worship the living God, Jesus Christ, who died three days and came back from the dead. Come back from the dead on Tuesday and let's have a conversation. Short of that, I'm going to stick with the God that I know. Amen. And so he said to these religious, he said about these religious folks, y'all ain't going to make it to heaven. This is, mm, it's, it's, it's not, it's not going to work out for y'all. And, and, and the disciples still didn't understand that Jesus was not bought into the religious system of the day because he knew the religious system of the day would recognize him. He's the Messiah they've been praying for. Amen. Amen. Every day of atonement, they have this little meal and they put out a lamb and they say, next year in Jerusalem. They still say it. You could go to Jerusalem right now. Why are we still praying these prayers? Because you're religious. God never came in and interrupted anything. But if you follow Jesus, oh, you will get some interruptions. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You get some Holy Ghost interruptions. When you are walking with Jesus... You get some Holy Ghost interruptions in your life. Some of them, some of them are, are amazing. Like, I thought I was going to work this out on my own, and God comes and messes with you and decides, I'm going to bless you in the midst of you not knowing what's going on. Other times, he's like, this isn't going to work out, but I need it not to work out because I need you to be in this certain place and time so you can tell somebody about Jesus. That, that's, that's, this, that's these Holy Ghost interruptions. Jesus, no problem getting you a little inconvenienced to share his kingdom. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Those Holy Ghost interruptions, like I've been having all week, these Holy Ghost interruptions. And I was like, I'm going to rebuke the devil. He's like, no, you are not. What you're going to do is tell people they blessed. And so here's these religious folk. We got it all figured out. You got to line up with us. I'm like, no, I don't, I, don't, mm -mm. I got another plan, actually. Y'all ain't going nowhere. And they said to him, man, if they can't be saved, who can? Jesus said in verse 27, with people, it is impossible, but with God, all things are possible with God. Now, before we move on to this blessing, you're like, I don't know how my situation can work out. No, you can't. I can't figure out how I'm going to get ahead. Guess what? No, you can't. No, you can't. No, you can't. All you can do is count on God. I mean, we tried everything else. Maybe we should pray. We tried everything else. Maybe, maybe, maybe we should get some godly counsel. We tried everything else. Maybe God has got something. All things, mm, all things are possible with God. And so Peter said to him, behold, we've left everything to follow you, Jesus. Peter's like, we, I, I don't, like, are we going to make it? Like, like, if they can't make it, I sacrificed so much for you. 
If they're not going to make it, how are we going to make it? I, I, need you to, I need you to see this for what's happening right now. This is Jesus coming in and completely destroying somebody's paradigm. Because they had, a, 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 they had it figured out how the world works. Because the religious people had told them, this is how the world works. We're above, you're beneath. We're the priests, we're the rabbis, we're in charge of stuff. You're not as holy as us, and you'll only be holy if we tell you you're holy. And Jesus showed up and is like, these people at the top, they don't know God at all. And they were so locked into a mind frame of oppression that they could not see that God had a greater blessing for them because they had suffered. I, I need you to see this, especially, especially if you are, um, have been historically marginalized in your life. If, if you come from just like not a great background, if, if you did not grow up with privilege, if you have grown up whew, struggling, if you've had to fight, and Jesus is on your side. Amen. Theologians call this the preferential option for the poor. That Jesus came for the marginalized. And if you have felt marginalized in your life, you have a God on your side. And so... Their mind frame, they could not break their brain out of the system that they grew up with. Do you hear what I'm telling you? This is the most challenging journey you will make in your entire life, is recognizing the system that you bought into growing up and seeing God dismantle it and build something different in your life. This is a painful and beautiful journey to recognize that there is a greater reality. And so he said, hey, with people it is impossible because people made this system. But with God, all things are impossible. So Peter began to say to him, behold, we've left everything and followed you. And Jesus said, I say to you, there's no one who left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or farms for my sake and for the gospels but that he would receive, let's say it together, a hundred times as much now in the present age. Oh, God has a blessing for you. Oh, pastor, I don't know about that. I know it's hard to believe. The word of God comes against your belief system. I just believe it, Mike. I just, I just decided I'm going to believe the word of God. Let God tell the truth and every man be a liar. Amen. You're like, I haven't seen that yet. So are your feelings going to dictate what the word of God means? Or is it possible that that's the reason the word of God has been of no effect in your life yet? I'm up here just prophesying the word of the Lord here. You got you to add your faith to mine. You got you to you decide I'm going to let that speak into my life and change some of my circumstances. It's right there in the book. Here he says, but, but he that... Receive a hundred times as much now in the present age, houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, farms, along with persecutions, along with persecutions, and in the age to come, eternal life. You notice when you start to come up a little bit, how the jealous people come out of the woodwork? You notice that, Courtney? They want to pull you right back down with them. And what are you going to do with that? What are you going to do with the blessing of God in your life? Brent stood up here. Brent talked about, hey, when you get that blessing, what are you going to do? You're going to appease your critics or are you going to be a blessing to somebody else? 
Are you going to pull somebody up with you or are you going to get down there and try to prove to your critics that you're also a good person? Jesus said right here that you're going to get blessed, but it's going to come with what? Persecution. So when God speaks to you the word that you're about to come up and things start to fall apart, what do you do? Oh no, I thought I was going to be blessed. Oh no, now things are harder, but Jesus said it's going to come with persecution. So if you reject the persecution, you, you reject the blessing because they come together. And so the enemy just sends a little persecution your way and Jesus lets it happen because he said the persecution comes with the blessing. But if you reject the persecution, you reject the blessing. And so the enemy uses this little thing to try to distract you. But me, I know God. And so when the little static comes, I'm like, oh, there's a blessing in the neighborhood right now. Because why would the enemy be fighting me right now if God weren't about to bless me? Come on, somebody. Why would the devil come after me? Unless God is doing something in my life, Natalia. I talk to people like, ah, I don't believe in demons and all that. I've never seen none of that. Of course you haven't. You live with them. <laughs> I had a friend in, um, in college who was from Pakistan. And I went in his house and I was like, sweet Jesus, what is that smell? Like, what, what is that smell? And it was curry. Now, I didn't grow up around curry. I didn't know what it was. It just, if you know what curry smells like, but it was like the house, all the pores in the house were filled with curry. And I was like, what in the world is that smell? And I didn't want to be too rude, but I was like, what is that smell, bro? I don't know what that is. Like, what are you talking about? I was like, how do you not smell this? And he asked me if I wanted to eat with them. I was like, sure, I'm down. Let's do this. And we sit down. We're on the floor. I'm like, why are we on the floor? I live in an apartment complex by the dumpsters. There's always like furniture. I can get you some. I'm like, no, this is, this is, this is. <laughs> I, can, I, I got faith for a table, bro. I can do this. I can do this. He's like, no, this is how we eat. I was like, oh, okay. And so I sit down on the floor, and when the food's on the floor, I'm like, yeah, I hope you don't have a dog, because this would be disgusting, right? Uh, I, I didn't understand, you know. And so um, now I understand why Muslims don't have dogs, right? Because the food's on the floor. And, um, and I'm looking for the, the silverware, and people just start eating with their fingers. Uh, that's just, that's, that's, that's just, they do this little, he showed me the claw. I'm like, that's great. Can I claw a fork, please? Because I, I'm not, all I taste is my fingers, right? But, but, but the curry, the, the, the smell I found out was the curry that they were making because they make this curry. Now, he didn't notice the curry smell because he lives in the curry smell. But I'm not from there, so I smelled it. Now, some, so many people grew up just broke dysfunctional, live a life outside of God's blessing, got no recognition. I'm just like, I, you don't smell the stank that's your life. I love discipling young men. You know this, Duke, and you talk to people and they tell you about their relationships. And I'm like, um, let's believe together for a woman who's not cheating on you regularly. Let's just activate our faith because this isn't normal. This chaos that you're living in, it, but they don't smell it. They don't smell it because it's the curry that they live in. They're just, it's, it's, it's oozes, the chaos oozes out of their pores. Now, you will find if you start to really follow Jesus, your life gets a little more boring because all the only, only excitement you know is chaos. Yeah. 
I'm like, bro, this is this isn't this this isn't good. What you're living is not the blessing of God. This is chaos. Your family members regularly going to jail. That is chaos. You cannot control what your flesh desires. That's chaos. And God has come to give you life. None of this is life. Now, if you lean into Jesus, you go from chaotic demonic to boring to chaotic Holy Ghost. And that is a life you want to live in. That's a life where the blessings show up all over the place. Miracles pop out where you weren't expecting it. The goodness of God just manifests all over the place. I talk to people though, and I'm like, you know, have you, what was it like, you know, coming to Jesus and, and just, just come like, no, I've never seen a demon. I never like, of course you ain't seen a demon. You don't smell the curry. You do not smell the curry because this is your life. Start taking a step toward Jesus. Watch what happens. You see this in relationships where one person in the relationship is running after God and the other person is like, I don't really think you need to. That's because you don't hear his voice. (laughs) If you heard his voice, you would be running with me. But you're confident and comfortable not hearing God so you don't run after his blessing. You have not tasted and seen that the Lord is good. And so now I have to kind of just display the blessings of God in my life to try to provoke you to jealousy so you can run with me after God. Ooh, too many times, I'm going to go down a bunny trail right now. Too many times, one person gets saved and they decide they're going to be their partner's Holy Spirit. And what I'll do is, I'll just tell you everything you're doing wrong to make you want to listen to me and follow. Like the last thing they want to do is listen to you, right? Now, start displaying the peace and prosperity of God in your life. Amen. Imagine you show up to that Thanksgiving meal and you're like, oh, no, I don't do that no more. Nah, I don't do that no more. Why not? I, I, just, I just realize if, I'm, if I do that, I don't have peace in my life. And I just, you know, when I lay down in bed at night, my mind is clear and I go to sleep. That's so much better than lecturing other people what they need to stop doing. My family, <clears throat> I, I'm, a, I'm a first generation Christian. My mom is Catholic, though I believe she's saved now. I led her to Jesus after I got saved. Um, and uh, she stayed Catholic, that's fine, I don't, I don't care. She got active in her faith after uh, I led her to Jesus. But, um, <clears throat> but I'm a first generation Christian. And so in my family, <clears throat> uh, there's just generational chaos. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Just generational chaos. And we call it dysfunctional families, but really it's just the devil has his way in our families. And when I got saved, I had to tell my family, listen, no, I don't want anything to do with that. No, I don't want nothing to do with that. No, 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 I don't want nothing to do. No, I'm not going to gossip about that. No, you cannot come and be codependent with me. No, we're not doing that. No, I'm not hearing your parenting advice. I saw how you raised a kid already. No, I'm good. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm doing my thing. Anybody know what? I should, probably shouldn't have said that. Give me father. It's just sin, but... No, I saw what that produces. I'm good. We're, we're doing something different this generation. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody know what I'm talking about? We're doing something different this generation. Amen. No, we ain't doing that. I saw what that produces. Uh, amen. No, 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 no. 
And so for a good five, Duke, maybe 10 years, I had to do that. No, 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 I'm good. No, thanks. Nope, nope. I do not want to go a psychic with you. No, I'm good. I'm good with that. No, 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 we're not doing that. Uh -uh, I'm good with that. I remember we were going to sell our house. We couldn't sell it. And a family member was telling me I need to bury a saint something idol in my yard. I was like, I would rather live in this condo forever than bury an idol in my front yard to sell it. No, thank you. No way. No how. I am good. And so now, you know, however many years later, <laughs> however many years later, while the family still got all their generational nonsense, I'm walking in the blessing of God. Amen. They're like, I'm worried about you about this. I'm like, oh, no, that's not a problem. No, that's, no, I'm, I'm good, actually. No, 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 no. I, what I, no, no, actually, I'm, I'm, I'm good. Uh-uh, uh-uh. Oh, you got to watch out for your daughter because she's got, I was like, um, I actually, she works at a church. She's a worship leader. That's what she does for a living. No, we're good. I appreciate that, but uh, we're good. Oh, you know, the boys these days, like, actually, my son graduated with high honors from college, never got in any trouble. We're, we're, we're good. No, we're, we're, we're actually good. We're good here. We have broken generational curses, and now we're trying for generational blessings in our family. That's what we're focused focused on right now. I'm not worse you. I'm not worried about curses. I'm moving into blessings. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm moving into my children's children is what I'm, what I'm leaning into. That's what we're leaning into. Amen. And if my kids come into some sort of trouble, I'm not abandoning them because I know the blessings of God are still their inheritance. I'm not propping them up as some sort of demigod. I'm saying that the blessings of God be with them whether they mess up or not because this is what we're moving in today. Amen? Amen. Listen to this. There, this, this. This Christianity religion is not just a, a religion where we learn the precepts, we learn the rules, and we keep the rules, and we pray a certain times a day, and through our own efforts, we're able to somehow escape God's wrath. That's, that's not the religion that you're in right now. That, that is not who we are. That's not Christianity. Christianity is not like, I'm so terrified that God is going to kill us, so I better do this right thing so that I can survive it. No, that is not what you have. Let me tell you what the Bible says about Jesus in Hebrews chapter 4. If you've got a Bible, go ahead and turn there. Hebrews chapter 4. I'll wait a second while you get there because I want to read this together. <clears throat> we turned a corner, Duke. Amen. Josh, we turned a corner. I'm here to tell you. We turned a corner. It's a good corner. And, 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 and I'm not going to say that, but it's good. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Hebrews chapter four. Yes. I know some people, I'll say it anyways, I'll say it. <laughs> you can take that down there for a second. I got a, I got a, I got some friends who are in a ministry and it's always about fighting the devil. And it's always this war with the devil. Always, I'm like, good God, do you have like a statue of him in the, in the foyer? Like, do you talk about him so much? Like, I hear about him more than Jesus. Like, what? Like, why would you talk about the devil that much? And they pray, Lord, you're going to shake the nation, shake the nation, shake the nations. Well, they found out their, their pastor was a false prophet and all kind of sexual sin. And, and they're like, oh, we're going to sing, oh, shake the nations, Lord. They're still praying, shake the nations. I'm like, the Lord is shaking your thing right now. And you don't have eyes to see it. We got to see. We got to see when things are off and be able to point it out and say, this is what you're doing. This is, no, that ain't, that ain't, that ain't God. And these people who want to scare you out of hell, that, that, that's not how it works. You can't scare people out of hell. You can only love them into heaven. Amen. That's how it works. We love them to heaven. 
If I could scare the hell out of people, I would do it, but it doesn't work. It doesn't work. God can't give you a spirit of fear. So if you operate in a spirit of fear, you're not operating under the power of the Holy Spirit. You will not produce the righteousness of God. Look at this, Hebrews chapter 4. This is Jesus, starting in verse 15. We do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses. Oh, you're like, ah, pastor, I, 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 I believe what you're saying, but I just have this anxiety. I just have this depression. I'm, you don't understand I have this mental health thing. I have this financial thing. You don't understand my family situation, my housing situation. So we call that a weakness. You have a weakness, huh? I got a verse for that. We do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses. That's plural. Because you got many issues. He can sympathize with many weaknesses. We do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all things, just as we are, yet without sin. Now, 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 the temptation is not sin. I, I, if I could drive anything into your head tonight, the, today, this morning, I may preach till tonight, who knows? But if I could get anything into your head today, you need to stop animating and embodying every temptation that pops into your head. Every depressive thought does not have to be embodied. You do not have to give your faith to every feeling of anxiety. If you get nothing else out of this message, I would like those of us who deal with some mental health challenges, uh, no shame, but those of you dealing with anxiety, depression, maybe anger, uh, maybe, maybe irritation or disappointment, what I would like you to be able to say this week is, I feel anxious, but I am not anxious. My body feels this way, but that is not who I am. I refuse to wear the accusation of the enemy. Even when my brain chemistry is off, I am not going to put faith in what I am experiencing right now. Think about this. There's so many people today who wear a firearm everywhere they go. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then I meet Christians who do it. And I just want to ask them, why are you so scared? No, no, I'm going to protect my... Why don't you trust Jesus? Well, people out there will get... And then your family will go to heaven. What are you afraid of? Why are you living in such fear that you have to carry a murder weapon around everywhere you go? But in our society today, it's so normalized to carry around a murder weapon, we don't even question it. Friends, I'm not talking about laws. I'm not talking about them out there. I'm talking about Christians. That I am so scared of violence, I have to carry a murder weapon with me. Or you're so terrified your kids are going to be abducted, they have to stay in their house all day and all night. Kids don't get abducted. It just doesn't happen. It does not happen. There's political uh, campaigns going on right now, and a man for governor, in his commercial says, crime hasn't at an all-time high. I'm like, actually, it's lower than it's been in 50 years. The murder rate is lower than it's ever been. The crime rates are lower than ever. But they want to stoke fear to make you do what they want you to do. It's just making sense. You see, if they can make you scared, then you listen to them for the answer. 
And that's how many people do evangelism. My goal is to make you scared of hell and I'll get you the answer out. And then you get saved and you're like, but now I'm saved, now what? Um, make other people scared. No, no, that's... No, no, we have a better covenant than that. Amen. You gotta be scared. And so you listen to these prepper classes and they're like, well... When, when it all comes down, you know, people are going to be killing each other. I'm like, what? no, actually, that, that's, not, that's not what happens. If we look at Ukraine right now that is being bombarded by Russia, the people are banding together and helping one another. When we have, you want to know, know your neighbors in South Florida? Wait for a hurricane. The hurricane comes and everybody's out front. Who needs some ice? Who needs a generator? Who's a, because we genuinely want to help one another. But they, st they stoke fear into you so they can be sounding like experts. I'm, I'm just telling you the truth. I'm just being honest. Um, Hebrews 4. We do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all things just as we are, yet without sin. I don't, I don't want to go down this road, but if you've been fearful, you have a Savior who's been tempted with fear. If you've dealt with lust, you have a Savior who went through puberty. He was in middle school at one point, trying to figure out BO, right? Like trying to figure out who the pretty girls are and who the ugly girls are, what the in-group is and who what the out-group is. We don't like to think of Jesus as a man, but the fact that he was a man qualifies him to be the God-man. It qualifies us to worship him. Watch this. Therefore, verse 16, since we have a Savior who has been tempted, just like we have been tempted, hear this, therefore... Let's approach the throne of grace with confidence. Oh, because I have been tempted. Because of my human condition, because of the suffering that I have gone through in this human condition for being a Christian, I can approach the throne of grace with confidence so that I may receive mercy and find grace for help at our time of need. I need you to see this. What is he saying here? He's saying, because you have suffered, you've qualified for a blessing. Because you have been tempted and struggled, you have a savior who's gone through the same thing. You can go boldly. You don't have to worry about, oh, I hope he doesn't accept me because I've been struggling with lust. I hope he doesn't accept me. Oh, I hope he doesn't reject me because I, 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 that thing has been going in my heart and I've been anxious and I've entrusted him. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Oh, oh, you can trust Jesus. Jesus was never anxious about anything. Jesus was actually sweating blood. He was so anxious. This is your God. Don't let anybody condemn you because you're fighting some mental health challenges. Do not let them lie on you that there's something inherently wrong with you. You may have a greater burden to bear, but you have a God who wrestled with anxiety himself. And because he wrestled with anxiety, you get to come to him and say, Jesus, I know you know what I'm going through right now. And now you have all mercy and all grace. And I can come boldly before you and say, I need something a little bit right now, God. I need a little bit of your grace right now, Jesus. I need some of that Holy Ghost provision that you can give me to get me through this time of struggle. The devil will try to use that to say that you don't qualify where the word of God right here says because you're going through that, he's got some extra blessings for you in this season. Do you see how the devil lies? Do you see how the devil lies to you? 
Now I can tell you all of this, but if you won't put it to work in your life, it won't do no good. You got to meditate on this word. You better meditate on these messages. Get it in your spirit. I'm just prophesying about a Holy Ghost over some people right now. The voice in your head. You, you, you got you to you you start clapping back to the voice in your head. That's what has to happen. You got to be like, this thing says in your head, oh, they're probably talking about you right now. Oh, you thought you were going to make it, but you're not going to make it. Oh, you put yourself out there and now you look like a fool. You need to tell that voice, what have you ever accomplished in your life? What have you ever gotten right? What, what, what thing can I point to to say that you helped me build? None of that. So you could just shut up. You have not accomplished anything. I'm not listening to you no more. You need to clap back at the devil. You need to talk back and tell him to shut up. Oh, I'm just... I'm, Is this helping at all? Yes. Amen, amen, amen. Now tonight, I am going to talk about deliverance in our intercession meeting. We're going to anoint everyone with oil who is struggling with uh, 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 just the devil. We're going to anoint, we're going to cast the devil, and we're going to worship Jesus. That's what we're going to do tonight. I got um, a list of reasons why people don't keep their deliverance and, and, and a list of reasons of how to keep it. That's what I was going to preach today, but I'm just trying to get you blessed right now. Here's what I want you to think about. When you hear that voice in your head, listen, like, I, I, don't, I don't want this to be pearls before swine. I want you to listen to this and put it to work in your life. When you start getting the thoughts in your head and you've noticed that you're starting to get a little sweaty, a little scared, a little anxious, a little, a little sad, like, oh, I'm just going to, maybe I'll just stay in bed. Maybe oh, I going. I want you to ask some questions like, who wants me to believe this? Who, who would benefit from me believing this? Does this bring glory to God? Is this increasing my faith in Jesus? See, some of you are, are in relationships that you're being gaslit day and night. And you are made to feel less than who you really are. And you need to think in yourself, who, wants me to, who benefits from me believing this? Who, who, does this, is this for my good? Or are they destroying something I love for their good? I think I'm done with that. Amen. I think you're done with that. I think for some of you, you're coming into a season where you're able to hear it and a little discernment light is starting to come on. Like warning, warning, warning. Uh-oh, warning. When, when, when I was in the, in the service, I, was, I flew in helicopters. I wasn't a pilot, I was a crewman, but there's these warning systems. And some of the warning systems are just, you know, little gauges. Then there's green, yellow, red, and you have to pay attention to them. And other ones that are a little more important would be a flashing light. Like, um, this, is, this is kind of important. And the really important ones, the gauge goes, the light flashes, and in your ears, it starts as warning, warning, pull up, danger, warning. And I am prophesying right now that I am awakening the warning voice in your head in the name of Jesus for unhealthy belief systems in your head that you're meditating on. Warning, danger, danger, pull up, pull up, look up, look higher. There are dangers below. Look up, look up, look up, look up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Jesus, Jesus, in John chapter 8, Jesus says this four separate times in the Bible. He's arguing with some religious folk who try to put him down. And he says, uh, yeah, you, um, hmm, I'm going to leave. And uh, you, I'm going to leave and you're going to die in your sins. And where I'm going, you cannot go. Because I am from above, you are from below. This is what Jesus literally said four separate times. I would love to believe there is no hell or that everybody gets saved, except that's not what Jesus believed. Where I am going, you cannot go. I will go with my father, who's from above, but your father is the devil, right? This is what Jesus literally said, you are from below, I am from above, I'm going to my father. Mikey, come on up. I'm just going to talk forever. Let me just bring this to, let me try to bring this for a landing here. I want some of you, I want some of you, I'm, I'm just prophesying into your life that you are going to begin hearing when those voices come at you. The voices, maybe close relationships that aren't speaking health into your life. Maybe an employer, maybe an unhealthy friendship, or maybe you are just having an unhealthy relationship with yourself. Maybe your biggest critic is you. And I am just prophesying that the warning light will begin to go off. This, this thing that you're listening to right now is not from above. It is from below. You are going to be with your father in heaven. And that lie will go to be with its father. The father of lies. I've been talking about my death with my kids a lot recently. And my daughter gets very upset when I do it. I, I don't know if it just shouldn't want to talk about it or it, she's concerned about me dying. I, I'm not, honestly, my kids are at that age. You're not sure, right? You're not sure. Do you really care about me or are you just happy that I'm paying the bills? Like, I'm not sure where it is. If you've raised kids, you know what I'm talking about. I'm sure she loves me, but she loves me paying the bills too. Um, but I've just been like, hey, hey when, I, when I die, here's, I tell my son, hey, you know, if I'm gone, this is how you got to take care of the pool. You know, like, oh, that's so, like, this is how you take care of the shed. The storms will come. Make sure you have a rock next to the shed door. Or it'll blow open and get destroyed. He's like, what in the world? I'm like, oh, I'm going to heaven. Like, I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm, I'm, I, one day, I'm like, I know where I'm going. I know where my help comes from. I know who my God is. Now, I, I'm not trying to be macabre. I'm not trying to be uh, dark. I'm just, I'm not scared of death because my, my future has already been decided. My future is decided. I'm going to spend eternity with the God of heaven and earth. And it is my desire that we would just spend eternity together. In Matthew chapter 26 on the Last Supper, what we call the Last Supper, Jesus took some bread and says, after blessing it, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. And when he had taken a cup and given thanks, he gave it to them saying, drink, drink from it, all of you. For this is my blood of the covenant, which is being poured out for many for forgiveness of sins. But I say to you, I will not drink of this fruit from the vine from now until the day when I drink it with you 
new in my Father's kingdom. Jesus is talking about his own death here. He knew that he was going to go to a cross. He was going to suffer at the hands of the Romans. And he was going to be murdered. But he knew there was a purpose in his suffering. And the Bible says that he endured suffering for the glory set before him. Now, there's a certain level of suffering that you'll go through in just living a better life. Starting to follow Jesus. Yeah, it's, you know, it's going to be rough maybe that every time you have a problem, you don't get drunk. Or just when you feel lonely, you go sleep with someone because you're like, okay, I got to deal with what's going on internally right now. My old outlets have to be curtailed so that Jesus can meet some of my needs, right? So there's a certain amount of suffering and just learning to be righteous. But as you mature in Christ, there's a new kind of suffering that you come into. It's an intercessory suffering. I am suffering so the people in my life can live better. Now, because God is a good God, he puts a level of that in every human. If a mother has a child and does not take care of that child, it is repulsive to us because you're operating contrary to God's nature to take care of children. This is why many in the Christian movement so care about children. That's why people are appalled with immigrants being treated poorly because these children are human beings even if they're violating immigration law. It's why I'm pro-life from womb to tomb. I don't want anybody killed ever. I'm just, I just read the book and I don't think we get to kill people. I'm not angry about it. I don't have all the legal framework for all that. I don't want to legislate you into it. That's my conviction. My, my modus operandi is through faith, not through legislation. That's, that's how I work things. But we care about kids. And so when you begin to start breaking generational curses, there's a certain level of warfare you got to come into, if not for you, for your children's sake. I want a better life for my kids, so I'm living better now. I can't wait till later. I got to do it now. I got to get a grip on my temper because I don't want to pass that down to my kids. I want to pass down love, right? There's this intercessory suffering that I am being transformed for the benefit of those around those around me. And then you come into a real fatherly or motherly anointing that you're willing to suffer for people you don't even know. Now you're creating a community of God's grace. Paul said in Colossians, I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake. And in my flesh, I'm supplementing what is lacking in Christ's afflictions in, beha in behalf of his body, which is the church. Paul had tapped into, I am suffering, but I know because I'm suffering, God's going to bless the people that are under my covering. This is why when we raised small kids, we had Team Thomas. So we don't ever side with somebody outside of Team Thomas against somebody inside Team Thomas. You never, 
You never let anybody pick on your brother or sister. You never side with somebody. You, you don't gossip about mom and dad. We don't gossip about you. We protect this right here. We're, we're, we're protecting this right here. This is how it is in the church. People want to tear down the pastor so they can destroy the flock. It's a plot of the devil. It's as old as time. It is a satanic movement in the church today. People don't have a pastor. They just get teachings here and there. Under no kind of covering, that's why they're not producing any kind of fruit. Can't stay long enough to bless the ground they're standing on. Running for a new blessing all the time. That's why we have elders. That's why we have a way of dealing with conflicts in the church. We have leaders meetings. I tell the leaders, if you have a problem with me, call these people and they'll tell you whether it's me or you. Why? Because the devil wants to destroy what God is doing. Selfish people want to rob your blessing. And you cannot allow them. Because there is an intercessory suffering that sometimes has to happen. I don't have time to talk about that. I have had to go through that many times in my life. But Jesus, at the Last Supper, said, I'm about to engage in some serious intercessory suffering. As a matter of fact, I'm going to bear the sins of the world. My body is going to be afflicted for your healing. I'm going to be cut off from God so that you can be brought into the family of God. And he did it for the joy set before him. You see, the blessing that he knew God was going to give overshadowed any suffering he was about to come into. Back to Matthew 26, verse 30. And after they sang a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Can you imagine if you found out you were about to get brutally beaten and then murdered? And you have a little prayer meeting and everybody's singing happy songs. I'd be like, why aren't y'all crying? <laughs> why, why is anybody in the room happy? Nobody be happy. I need you. No. They were singing psalms to God because they knew that God was able to raise him from the dead. Then Jesus said to them, you will all fall away because of me this night. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have been raised, I will go ahead of you to Galilee. Peter said, no, no, no. Even if you fall away, no, no, no. We're never, never going to leave you. Jesus said, nah, even you, Peter. And Peter said, even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. And all the disciples said the same. Now we know that didn't work out well for Peter. Stand with me if you would. Pastor Tracy and Duke, come on up if you would. Just to... If you would hold the things, and Pastor Tracy, if you would hold the... <clears throat> Hear me. In a moment, we're going to receive the Lord's table. You're going to come in the middle and go out the sides if you would. And you two are going to have to kind of stand in the front here in a minute so they can next to each other because they're going to come down the middle. Figure it out. Hallelujah. 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 Listen, Jesus knew he was going to die. But he knew that once he died, he would come back and that all the world would be blessed. 
And that's the invitation he gives you today. Maybe, maybe, maybe your faith isn't in Christ. Maybe today, after this talk, you have recognized that your faith has been in circumstances. Your faith has been in feelings. Your faith has not been surrendered to Jesus Christ. Maybe you're not walking in the blessing of God because you've not endured the sufferings of God. I invite you today to repent, to turn your heart to God and decide today I am going to believe what God says about me and I am going to allow him to save me Wash me clean of my sins. Give me a new way of living and I am going to reign with him. I want to live like a king. Amen. Going to live like a king. Amen. Amen. I'm prophesying over you with my own shirt today. I wore it on purpose. Live like a king. Amen. We're going to say a prayer, and we're going to do it silently. We're going to do a time of silent meditation, then we're going to receive the Lord's table. Then I'm going to bless you, and we're going to go. Everybody, close your eyes and bow your head. Father, we love you. Father, we love you. And you've delivered a hard word today for us, Jesus. Sometimes in this world, the hardest thing to do is believe good things about ourselves. And to believe that you actually care about us and want to bless us. And in return, you expect us to act right and be a follower of you. So Father, we ask that you would forgive us. Number one, we ask you to forgive us of just creating our own religion where we're at the center. We ask you to forgive us of being so consumed in our blessing we have not had faith to receive it from you. We ask you to forgive us of allowing sin to minister to us in ways that you wanted to minister to us. We ask you to forgive us for turning to our own devices instead of turning to what you clearly say in your word. Father, we ask you to forgive us of not believing in Jesus Christ. We say today, I put my faith in Jesus, the author and perfecter of my faith. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would pour out your grace and your blessing. I feel the presence of God right now, Mikey. I feel God right now touching people in their heart right now. There's people in the room right now, your heart, your chest is beginning to burn. That is the infilling of the Holy Spirit that is in the room right now. He is wooing you. He's calling you. He's healing right now. And Father, we ask in the name of Jesus that you would bless every person in this room. Lord, we ask that you would meet them at their point of faith, at their point of disbelief, Father. We ask right now that you would help us. You would help us in our unbelief. You would help us in our struggle. You would help us to endure suffering with faith, Father. And we know right now there's two people in this room. There are those who have put their faith in Jesus Christ and those who have not woken up to the reality that Jesus is worth following. And I pray right now, Father, for those who are having a hard time surrendering their life to Jesus, surrendering their will to Jesus, surrendering their religion to Jesus, Father. We pray right now in the name of Jesus that they would be bold, bold like a lion, They would be bold and brave and talk back to the devil and say, I'm not going to believe your lies any longer. I'm putting my faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and I'm going to believe what he says about me. I'm going to be a follower of Christ. And Father, I pray those people who would decide that right now, that you would fill them with your spirit. Give them power to be a witness, to share their blessing with the people around them. 
in the name of Jesus. If that's you today and you've decided, you've made a decision, I'm going to be a follower of Jesus. I have decided. What we want to do is, I'm not having an altar call. After service, we'll be in the lobby, fill out a connection card and just check on it. Today I pray to receive Christ. Myself or someone else will reach out to you this week on next steps in following Jesus. But what we're going to do today is Jesus said we're going to remember his sufferings today. And so if you would, beginning with the front, just come down through the middle and receive the bread and the juice and we will receive the Lord's table together. No, you're in the front. That's how you just go that way. 